Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you're listening to this today after the Strickland Podcast Network, Knicks lose in Miami, one twenty seven to one twenty to the Heat. Um, really rough game. Um, rough Julius game, rough Brunson game. Um, really great Quentin Grimes game. Finally, I feel like he was due. Really great RJ game. Um, really bad ref game, and we'll get into that as we go along here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like we should start with maybe um, the $110 million man, Jalen Brunson. Um, as we were talking about just before we got live here, um, his last couple games since he came back have been pretty rough. Um, the box scores don't really say that if you are someone that pays more attention to box scores than watching the games. Um, but yeah, it's been really rough. Um, defensively, it feels like he's getting hunted more. Um, and like, he's just not showing as much effort as before on defense. I feel like tonight was much more better effort wise, but like he was still getting hunted. Um, and guys were just like flying by him. Especially Gabe Vincent. He was like doing whatever. I mean, um, fucking Kyle Lowry, man. Like, yeah. if Kyle Lowry's getting to spots ten feet from the bat like six feet from the basket and putting Mitch in jail in that in that two on one spot six six feet from the basket. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like No, you're good. You you have problems. Like that's not good. I I wonder if he's I wonder if like the injury is not I don't think he's hundred percent. Uh I'll just throw that out there. I have no intel. I'm just I don't think he's 100%. I was thinking healthy. the same thing. Um, but, like, he's out there, so I can't really judge him on anything other than that. And then the second part of it is, like, I actually – I don't know. Like, I thought his defense tonight, even effort-wise, was just not good. Um, like, the first play of the second half, the Knicks actually do a really good job. They shut down, like, a couple of action. They end up having to swing at Vincent, who's just standing in the corner. And Brunson is, like, totally not locked in. He just lets Vincent blow by him, like, you know, curl into the middle of the floor. I think he might either hit a pull-up or a float or whatever it was, but he got an easy shot. And it's like, that was like kind of his entire game tonight. He had one play today where he ended up having to defend Jimmy because they pushed the ball up the floor, which, okay, that's a tough cover. But then the Heat just set a screen with like Love or somebody, and Brunson totally fucking died on it, went under, took like seven hours, to, to recover and then by that time love had lined it up and you know he connected on a three and it's just like there have been way too many of those lately um and then you know you can get away with that if you have one of his flawless offensive games and tonight just wasn't like i know if you look at the, like 10 of 16 from the field 25 points that's awesome um but like he had five turnovers and i think three of them were live ball turnovers that went for like pick sixes basically so I thought he was, I, I thought he just had a really poor game. And it's like, I, you know, really poor is probably harsh because when you scored 25 on 16 shots, like you probably did something very well. So it, it's probably a bit harsh and it's like, you know, magnified by one kind of the stakes of the game. And then two, it was kind of a tight game. So every mistake a guy makes gets heightened. Um, so probably saying it was like atrocious was, is probably a bit much, but like, yeah, I, I thought the defense was just flat out bad and offensively, like, 
I just think the turnovers were poor. I thought, and I thought he made bad de- decisions in key moments. Like there was like that. It was 71 69 early in the third quarter. We get a stop. Knicks have the ball back. He brings it up. He runs a pick and roll. Jimmy switches onto him. I, I think he ran a pick and roll. And Jimmy switched onto him, or maybe Jimmy was just on him from the start. And he just ISOs on him and takes a pull up three. And there was one in the first half where he like got a switch that him and Julius ran a pick and roll. And even Cl- Clyde even noted on the broadcast, he was like, Randall has the, the mismatch. He's got Lowry on him. And instead of throwing it to Randall, and like, look, I, I didn't, I, Randall didn't have a great game tonight. I get a bad game tonight, too. Probably the worst. Uh, I, he might have been the worst, the worst uh, whatever you want to say, like starter player in the team, however you want to put it. He had a terrible game tonight. Um, mm-hmm. But like, he should take Bam one on one. Yeah, he, yeah, he had the mismatch, but then he instead of throwing it to him, he takes he tries to take Bam one on one. I think he turned it over there. That's the one he just threw straight to Butler, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, like he just had bad. It was it's it wasn't a great game, but it's like the mistakes he made also were not just bad mistakes; they were loud mistakes, and they were loud at critical stages of the game, or, or it felt like at moments in the game where the Knicks had a chance to maybe take the lead back or or like cut into the lead, make it a one possession game, shit like that. So they were just playing like, and this is the thing that I, I just keep, I keep coming back to these last two games. Like we can talk about, you know, the defense and all this shit. Like I actually think the defense was largely okay tonight. I think Brunson had a bad defensive game. And I thought Randall had like some really bad defensive possessions, but I thought overall as a group tonight, they were like a lot better than they were against Minnesota. Um, and I didn't have a huge issue with like the team defense overall, but like when you're playing from behind as much as they were tonight, like I know they were up at the end of the first quarter, but they basically were down what felt like for most of the second and third quarters. Then they gained the lead back for about five seconds, the fourth before the refs made sure to step in and uh, change that. But like, like when you're playing from behind that much of a game, it's really hard to win ball games. And it's really hard to just like, have the energy to do it. Like, I I mean, we can like the Minnesota game, you know, we can talk about as much as you want, but like you're playing from behind so much, you're down 17. You've got to use so much energy just to get back in the game, take the lead. It's hard to have enough to like close the game out too. And I just think tonight wasn't exactly the same, but it was like, I I thought they at a certain stage, maybe ran out a little bit of gas or certain lineups needed to get a change in faster than they did, whatever it was. It wasn't a great game for anybody. Um, and then, yeah, like Tibbs just had a bad game. I, I don't There's really, I don't really like, I don't think it was like tactically one of those where he's like, oh my God, like he's not adjusting to the ski. Like he, it wasn't one of those, but it was just like, I'm sorry. Like I know people look at this box court and they'll be like, you're fucking crazy for doing this. I didn't think Brunson needed to come back in as early as he did. And if he did come back in the game, I still would have left quickly in because I think quickly was doing a really good job of getting them into offensive sets uh, when he was kind of, directing the offense like that that lob that mitch got in the fourth if you watch that play quickly is literally directing the entire fucking thing mm-hmm. he, he, and he tells hart to come up set the screen he knows he's gonna trap it, he throws it to hart hart has the lob the play after that i actually think they, they would have gotten a really good shot on it but ob didn't know what the fuck they were trying to tell him to do so hey, he had like come and set the screen twice um and after if you go back and watch the end of the play rj at the end of it goes up to him and is like explaining to him what they wanted him to do um, but like they were getting good shots in the second and fourth quarters early in the first half of those quarters when quickly was running the floor running, running the you know offense with like Hart and RJ and Obi. And like, honestly, the, the second quarter, if Obi makes two of his missed threes, like he went one of five from three, I think in that quarter alone, 
Um, if he makes like, and they were all open corner shots, basically like shots you, he needs to take. Um, like that just changes, I think the entire perception of how, you know, forget how quickly we played, but like how that unit performed there on the floor. Um, so I, I just thought from that perspective, like, I, I don't, I'm not going to kill him for that because quickly did go one of eight. Like he shot one of five from three. Like I get like why maybe you're just like, fuck it. Like I, he's playing fine, but like, I need somebody who's making shots tonight. Fine. Okay. Then why doesn't Grimes play more? Like, I, I just don't, I don't really get, I love Hart. This is last, like Grimes should have came in way sooner. I fourth. didn't think Hart had a good game tonight. Like I'll just flat out say that. I, I know that again, he had 12 points on five shots and it's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like his defense was just, it, this isn't even singling him out because, like, we talked about it. He didn't play bad defensively, but he didn't change. He play he didn't stand out enough to play over Grimes. Yeah, Grimes was just on fire tonight. Like, I just think you have to give him a shot there. Um, uh, and, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like, again, I, I really just had a problem with that substitution of both Brunson and Randall in in the fourth quarter when he did it. Like, I get it. I get why you do that as a – like – given the seasons those guys have had and everything, I get that. But in this game, in that moment, like I would have liked to see that bench group, just get a, get a minute, at least see what they can do for a couple of possessions. Cause I thought they were getting really good shots. Um, and I thought they were moving the ball well. And like, you know, I mean, to be, and to be fair, like they got kind of unlucky, right? Like in the third, the end of the third quarter, right. The starting group, like Hartenstein comes in. I don't think that was a moving screen that he got called for the one in the corner. Um, that's a three-point shot that Brunson cans, and it's a foul probably on Love. That's a four-point play, potentially. Like, that's a big swing. Um, I think, like, I didn't... Jimmy Butler had one foul today. Um, he spent most of the game defending Julius Randle or Brunson or R.J. Barrett. I have a very difficult time believing he only committed one foul. I'm sorry. Um, and I just thought the, the whistle in the fourth quarter was third and then on top of it you just had tibbs like just like refusing to challenge anything i, I, yeah. I don't know that yeah it was just a really bizarre tibbs game and the most annoying thing is they kept showing it zooming in on him and he's like she's like yelling at the refs i'm like you have a fucking challenge use the fucking challenge like, like you're allowed to just challenge shit at some point i wonder and if he remembers that he has them like does he remember he has a challenge well, the one with brunson at the very end if you're not gonna i get like i can totally understand like i want to have it for the end i want to have it for the end it's 106 114 butler drives in that looks to me like a charge all fucking day brunson's standing there for like a full second before butler gets in and his chest is square i know butler jumps across but but brunson's squared up to him so that's an offensive foul they call it they call a blocking foul that's two points, right? I think he made both those free throws. So it's 116 one. But like, you have to challenge that. You have to fucking challenge that. Challenge it's one, something. It's 114, 106. You potentially get the ball back there, I think, with like 340 left in the game or something. Like, you have to challenge that. I'm sorry. You have to challenge that. Um, that that was a crazy one not to challenge. There were a few others I could think of. But yeah, I mean, look, the heat, the heat whistle in the fourth quarter was I don't know. Like, I actually thought for the first three quarters it was largely, I thought it was fine. But the fourth quarter, the offensive was, fouls were really the brutal. fourth quarter was a joke. Like, I honestly just I couldn't believe some of the, the calls that were made in their favor and the calls that we didn't get, like the Hartenstein one that he blocks Bam on. That's just not a foul. Um, or he didn't block him. Right. But he just went straight up and Bam, like, jumped sideways and has to put up this whack ass fucking layup. Uh, and then the one that 
Hart drove in to make it 100 to 98. He clearly got fouled on that. Like yeah, he got I whacked know, hard. I, I couldn't believe that wasn't called a foul. I Hart had a few takes today that I, I couldn't believe weren't called fouls. There was one I think he took it in the first half. Um, he clearly got hacked, and then they called an offensive foul on Mitch on the on the offensive rebound. And I'm just like, I can some of that shit was bananas. Um the Butler thing, like I'm so sick of watching this guy just jump into people. He straight up elbowed quickly in the face on one play in the fourth quarter. I don't know if you guys caught that, where he jumped into him, quickly went straight up at the rim. He jumped into him with his elbow out. He caught him in the face. And it's just like, like I was, it was a no call, thank God. But I'm like, I was totally expecting them to, to make a call there uh, against quick. And then it's just like, I don't really know what to do with that shit. Like, I just think the Butler stuff tonight was, I can't stand watching this guy play, man. It's like every time we play him, it's the same shit. He's kind of got that, uh, the Siakam thing. Where like the Raptors thing, where like he's known as this respected defender, so he gets away with all this contact, all and, and he's praised for it. Like, oh, Butler plays so hard defensively, and like, oh, he's just such a good defender, and he is a good defender, or at least Peekham was a good defender. I, I don't watch Miami enough to say confidently he still is on a night. Well, I mean, he's, he's great. He could defend the Knicks' primary scores tonight. Only have one foul. Right, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, is like. It has to be consistent on both ends. If Butler's allowed to do that, if playing hard is rewarded, then he can't dribble the ball off his fucking knee and get sent to the free throw line because it looked weird. Like, and so that's the thing you see with the Raptors all the time is they're always flailing their arms, they're always falling all over the place, and they get, you know, paraded to the free throw line. And then on the other end of the court, they're known as this, you know, gritty, tough defensive team. So they're just always into you. And look, I mean, we didn't lose this game because of the refs, but it is, I mean, I'm expanding on your point it is annoying to watch like just a complete discrepancy in what the rules are and what a fouls are <laughs> um so yeah and I, uh, and I said this before we got on too i was like the offensive fouls like a lot of people were like uh, those were nothing but like a lot of those plays like those like i said before like those are huge like momentum swing plays like the one where heart gets where hartenstein gets tackled by kevin love and that's a quickly three and one right there. Like that's a huge swing play. I feel like that's four points. I think, I think that one Tibbs just has to challenge. Do you know how hard it is for a coach to add four points to his team's total? Like four points of EV. That's just, that's an impossible okay, can, thing to do. Here's my biggest frustration with this. I'm just going to throw this out. MSG has got to be the only fucking home network that refuses to show these fucking replays. They showed us one shitty ass replay from the side. Like, you're the fucking Knicks broadcast. Show us the fucking replay and stop having Breen and Clyde blow smoke up my fucking ass about how the refs are so great and how, oh, that's a bang-bang play, Clyde. You could go either way. It's a tough call. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Shut the fuck up. Like, show me the fucking replay. It's not hard. Show, they'll show the fucking replay when Jimmy Butler falls, trips over his fucking dick and gets three fucking fouls on a flagrant call or something. Show me the fucking one for the Knicks. It's not that fucking hard. Christ, I if I, I you know, it's every fucking game. It is every game. There's some bullshit call against the Knicks or potentially a bullshit call in the Knicks. You'll see one replay of it, and they'll just from the worst possible angle, and then we'll move on and act like nothing happened. It's like, and then they'll get like, and then you've got like fucking bringing. They'll call something on their on, on the, for the Knicks. They'll show one replay. And he's like, "Oh, I don't know about that one, Clyde. I think I think Julius Randle's pinky grazed uh, the the follicle on the top of Jimmy Butler's hairline there. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? Like, it's crazy. I don't understand that. That Hardenstein one. I'll say this: you can't call 
the Randall offensive foul, which I thought was a good call once they showed the replay. Uh, even in real time, I, I know Randall has bad habits when he drives to the rim. He's always extending his elbow out. He's always doing shit like that. So, like, in real time, I was like, that's weird, but I could maybe see it. And then they showed the replay. I was like, okay, that's a foul on, on Randall. I, I like, and the, it's stupid because if he doesn't do that, it's a foul. He's 100% going to get a call there. Um, but, like, the, the it's literally, I think, the next possession is that Hartenstein play. And it's the same fucking thing, except the other way around. Love is like, like he's like a defensive end. He's like doing a fucking like, you know, his best Michael Strand swim move impression or something. He's fucking wrapping his arm around Hartenstein's shoulder. Like, how the fuck are you not like? I I thought that was a bad. If if anything, that's just a no call and move on. Like, I I have no problem with the no call there. Just don't call it. You don't have to call something just because two guys touch each other on the floor. Like, it's okay to. It's a contact fucking sport. Like, it can happen. So, um, I'm sorry. Like, I just. That entire sequence and that fourth quarter today, I thought was just so so atrocious, and it was it was awful. Tyrese, how did you feel about RJ's game today? I thought he played a really good game. I thought he played. I thought his defensive rebounding was really solid. I thought his passing was especially good. Um, but I thought like his scoring was really good. He shot threes well, which is a really good development from him because like he was shooting them like fucking Schwinn. For a good like month, month and a half. Um, <clears throat> Schwinn knows. Schwinn knows he can't shoot. Schwinn is Dylan Brooks on the court. Anyway. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. He, he will clap a lot and then he'll get back on D. Um, my dude. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> he has no comment because he knows right. Um. But, yeah, I thought he had a really strong game. I thought he was our best player tonight. Um, really positive signs from him. I felt like his defense was especially really good, too. I felt like he had some really good plays against Butler. Butler just kind of got him on a few times. But, like, like that verticality he had against Butler when I drive to the basket <clears throat> late in the game, I thought he was really good on that. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought he played really solid. Like, 26 and 13 points is like, a very good game from Marty Barrett. He needed to get the ball more. That I that agree. was my biggest thing. And like I thought like that was a big reason why and, and I, by the way, Schwinn, sorry to interrupt, but guess yeah, no, when no. he was when I, guess, my when, point. He, guess yeah. when he was getting the ball more. Yes, exactly. Like that's why I did not like them going back with Brunson and Randall when they did in the fourth. I didn't need it in the second quarter, to be honest, either. Like I thought you could have let that unit cook in there for a little bit longer. Like I just I don't get that. Um he had 13 shots tonight. He was, we can say here, and like, I don't disagree that, you know, Randall got a bad whistle tonight and that was contributed to some of his, uh, he ended up seven of 16 for 15 points. It felt a lot worse in real time, but like, whatever, like that contributed to some of his struggles was just the lack of calls he was getting. But um, I just think he, he needed to get the ball more. He clearly was making, he was making the best reads too, out of like between him, Brunson and Randall the guys that were trapping and I guess quick, if you want to throw him in there too, but like, I just, he was playing really well and I thought he was seeing the floor. Well, I thought he handled the pressure. Well, for the most part, other side from like, he had one really stupid drive in the second quarter where he tried to do like a spin move, but that was it. Like, other than that, I thought his processing was really good tonight. And, um, as soon as Brunson and Randall came back in, it was like, he just hung out. And, um, I think before he missed like two threes down the stretch, right? 
So basically before like garbage time, he was what? Seven of fucking 11 or seven of 10 from the field for probably 22 points or something. Like he was really good. He needed to get the ball more tonight. And, and and I'll say this, like one of the, you can see this. Why? Like RJ is just really good against Miami when you get him the ball in those spots and he's allowed the freedom to do that type of shit. And if you want evidence of that, you can just go and watch the first time they played Miami this year at the garden when Brunson was out the entire game. That was RJ's one of his best games of the season. He played really well down the fourth in the stretch in the fourth quarter, minus some of crazy idiotic full court turnover passes he attempted to make late in the game. But like his processing in the half court, he just handles those traps really well. And he's the one guy like quickly can make that pass to the weak side corner, but he's got to jump to make it like he's got to jump to make it. RJ is the one guy that can make that pass off the dribble um, without jumping, without getting himself in the air. And he hit, he hit Obi a couple times in that pass. One, I think Obi cashed in the other. He missed it rimmed out, but like that's, that is like the money pass you want against that specific coverage. That is like the pass you want to be, you want to be able to make. Um, yeah. He just needed to get the ball more down the stretch again. Like, is that on Tibbs? Is that on Brunson, Randall, whoever, I don't know blame whoever you want i just think you need to get the ball more um i think it's just a function of like how the team operates at this point like it's just like things just like kind of sort their way into the way they play out just naturally i i I don't get why so go watch if you know anybody is listening is interested go watch the first three possessions of the game it was like Tibbs said, I don't want you taking the first available shot. I want everyone touching the ball. I want the ball to move around. Those were three of the best possessions to open a game I've seen from the team. They, they, the ball touched everybody's hands. We got a good look every single time. And then we come out of timeouts and we have possessions where Julius Randle just takes a baseline fadeaway from 20 feet with 16 seconds left on the shot clock because it's the first available look. I don't understand how our offensive mindset devolves that way. I don't understand how we're not in the film room saying you can't take that shot. Like it shouldn't be allowed for that shot to go up. And not just Julius, anybody like we take the first available look so often. And it's incredibly frustrating credit to Benji Ridholtz who did a whole thread on it. You can get away with that. Like I think they get away with it because Brunson's just a really good shot maker. And Randall's generally been a good shot maker this year. Um, but like, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, you can see it literally in the box score tonight. Like Randall had nine assists tonight. He probably could have had like 20 assists if he was kind of had a better balance. I, I do not, I really hope people don't think I'm like trying to crap on Julius here. Um, but like, I just, it, it's more indicative of like the team, like Brunson had six assists. Like I, I thought this when I was watching the Wolves game, I don't even think I mentioned in the, in the post game, but like, I think that's a game to me. Like Brunson should have had like, 17 assists in that Wolves game, the way they were defending. Like teams are, they are respecting him so much on some of these drives where it's like, you have to fucking kick it out, dude. Like, and, and he does this thing and this got us in trouble in the second half against Miami last, last time we played them in Miami. You don't need to try to break the trap every single time there's a trap. You don't need to try to swing your arms through and draw a foul every time somebody crashes down on you. You're allowed to make a swing, a kick out to somebody else. Um, his He's just like, right now he's in one of those weird, he had a weird stretch earlier this year too, so I'm not that concerned about it. I think he's just in a weird little stretch right now where I feel like he's really focused on scoring heavy right now. 
and not like his balance is a little bit off and it's affecting his decision making a bit. Like I think his passing is a little bit reactive instead of knowing like it's like he's not playing with a clear plan. Uh it's probably the best way to put it when he's looking to to pass especially. But you saw it even today on a couple of his jumpers like where it's just like it's like he made like six moves and I'm like okay, I I think I think you could shoot it now probably. Yeah. Um but like yeah, I thought I think actually the same thing with quickly right? I thought like some of his you, he only took one shot on the fourth and I think you could tell like he knew he was one for seven. So yeah. he was like I'm not I, I don't I don't want to shoot too much but like it's just like you've got to have that mindset of like I don't actually care that he went one for seven I I care more that like you let that affect your decision making um like you can't let that affect your decision making I thought he did a better job he did a really good job before the running the team's offense but it's like you have Max Struess on you like you don't need to set up for a step back three you can just blow by him actually and you don't need a screen there either you can just blow by him um so those are I, like- didn't, I didn't i didn't love those i, I mean I, I agree with you by the way that i i didn't they, they didn't need to go back to brunson as, er, as early as they did but the tibbs going back to brunson does make me think that the last two possessions the knicks had was literally just quickly hunting mismatches matches and not creating much um didn't they and score? So that they makes scored me, on that the second me, to last one, though. This, but the, the yeah, second, yeah, but but it was RJ. Like quickly, didn't create much, and he threw a grenade to RJ, and RJ hit a three. No, um, no, that that was early in the quarter. The one you're talking, the one that happened before that was the heart. It was the heart floater, um, and that was the oh, play. Yeah. And that was yeah. a play where like it was a it was one it was one where like they it they were trying to set up like something for RJ. They read it, so then quickly tried to do something that didn't work. Then he swung it to I think I think he might have just swung it to Hart. Uh, and then hard attack to close out. But like Hart could have shot a three there too. It's not a great possession, but it's like I He's can that see how to shoot more. Yeah, I, I'm just saying I can see like I can see what what he was trying, what they were trying to get done. Um, but like I just I, I don't really, you know, what it is what it is. I, I just I did not love the idea of going back to Brunson. I I, I just did, didn't think they needed it right then, um, and. You know, if you wanted, if you wanted to pull quick, like that's fine. I get it. But um, bringing Brunson and Randall together, just kind of, I knew what was going to happen. Like I knew exactly what the offense was going to look like, anyways. Um, and it was basically just, would we make enough shots at that point? Would those guys be individually brilliant enough to to get us over the top? And obviously they weren't. And Randall's defense on two straight possessions there miserable like he let Struess get by him on a drive which made rj have to help which left hero wide open in the corner for a three and then the next time down he just didn't he just stared at that fucking that hero Struess. no he just stared at Struess and like didn't oh. didn't put the the fucking his hand up um that was a weird one i, I don't know he he's his defense the last week or week or two weeks has kind of dropped off i feel like He's probably conserving some energy, but um, buddy, we're only two games up now, so might need, to, <laughs> might need to dial it up tomorrow against Orlando. I just, I just want to say, you, you and Tyrese both sort of uh, danced around the point, uh, and it's something I wanted to talk about uh, real briefly. Both RJ and quickly, the more hockey assists they get, it's a sign that they're becoming better processors and better playmakers. Because often, oftentimes when you see a bang bang hockey assist, 
the guy who makes the first pass actually sees the action, but he can't make the direct pass to where the ball ends up. Mm-hmm. And so like on the Mitch lob, that play all happened because quickly was like, I'm not saying that there was a lob available to Mitch right when he started. What I'm saying is that that play started with quickly drawing the double team and making the right outlet pass. And you see RJ more and more. I, I mean, quickly has been doing this for a while. So this is more about RJ, but you see, I've seen more of RJ in the last two games getting blitzed and having that sort of option read where there's two Knicks available and there's one defender covering both of them. And he sort of has to manipulate them and make the right read. And RJ has been not only doing that more, but making the right read more. And it's been leading to really good looks for the Knicks. Um, it's a small thing, but just it's kind of a big deal for a 22 year old who we're still hoping makes, you know, a leap or multiple leaps as just like s- some sort of engine, you know, three of us looks- are anyway. Yeah, he needs he needs to be able to make reads like that and just like run the show. And, you know, I, I know funny he, enough, I just to mention it, like the two guys who I think suck the most at that are Brunson and Randall. Like they're the two guys that don't make that read like yeah. they, they don't trust. And I don't I, I don't they're good enough to get away with it and still lead us to a bunch of wins. So whatever. Um, But like you see that with them all the time where. Like Randall, you see, I every time Rand a team, I can see them about to trap Randall. I'm like, here we go again. Like, let's see what happens on this ride. Like, like let's pull the liver, see what, what comes out. Like, it, it's hit or miss. Um, but he doesn't see plays like I don't know how to put it. Like he's he's a very he's so strong and he's so athletic and he's so just naturally gifted that like he doesn't actually need to process plays fast. Sometimes he can just be like super big and hold the ball under pressure and then finally find a pass. But like a guy like RJ, who is, who is really strong, but obviously isn't as physically gifted as, as our, as Randall doesn't have those advantages. Um, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the, the, just the, from the processing perspective, like that, that was the biggest difference to me tonight. However you thought those guys played, I don't really care, but like, if you don't see the difference team, just the ability to, accept the pressure take the pressure and then find the, the release valve the appropriate release valve uh there's such a difference there between how quick and rj find those versus brunson and randall in those same situations um and like you need both you need the ability to you do need that individual brilliant ability to just like split a defense sometimes right but I think there needs to be a balance. And like, if he was going to bring Brunson back in, like, again, I, I just didn't think Hart needed to close this game. I, I don't think he played that well tonight. Um, he didn't have a bad game. Like I, I didn't, I wouldn't say that, but like, I didn't think he did anything that I was like, Oh man, like, did he make a good defensive play tonight? Like, I, again, like I, I'm not, it's just, it's it just like, he didn't need to close the game or he, like, if you wanted, he clearly made that sub to me anyway for offensive purposes. That was not about defense. That was about offense. Um, if you're making that sub for offensive purposes, then if you're, then, then it shouldn't just be Brunson in for quick, right? It should also be Grimes in for Hart there or Grimes in for somebody because Grimes was shooting the shit out of the ball tonight. Uh, and he actually just forget the shooting the ball. Well, his decision-making tonight was actually just really good. I thought he just, he also just looked more confident too. Yeah. He like, just played well. 
and you got to take advantage of these Grimes good games because they come very far and few in between now because due to, you know, the heart acquisition as well as, you know, just the weird ways in which the offense fluctuates and lets him actually touch the ball and do things with it. Like you never know when you're going to get a game like this. And he was due for one. And, you know, it's sad that we weren't able to capitalize on this as well as it was sad that we weren't able to capitalize on Julius is 57 point per game, um, not point per game, um, point um, performance. You know, the Knicks, they got to take advantage of these opportunities that are presented to them. And especially when the heat are closing in on us and, you know, we got this, what is it now, a two-game two, two game lead over them? I mean, they, they just got to – they got to the, – the Magic game tomorrow is, like, basically a must-win at this point um, because, what, does Miami even play tomorrow? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Miami no, no, does. They, they, they don't play tomorrow. Brooklyn plays Cleveland tomorrow. I assume Brooklyn will win that just because, like, you usually don't lose two in a row, but maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. Um, but, like – I just want to say there's two things. Uh, obviously, rest in peace, Willis Reed. I thought all the stuff they were saying about him tonight on the broadcast was really good. Um, Shout out to Clyde for pushing through. And that yeah. uh, that, that, clo- that closing, I don't know if you, you guys stuck around through the end, but they went to commercial after the end, came back, and there was a tribute. And then Breen and Clyde sent 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 the broadcast off the air with, like a, with closing remarks. And... Both Breen and Clyde were just a mess. Like Breen, yeah, could barely, Breen could barely talk, and he was like breaking every word he said. And he asked Clyde if he had any final thoughts, and Clyde was just like, you know, talking about this game. He didn't say it was the easy part, but he was basically like, now is the hard part, you know, being alone and having only my thoughts to think about it. And Breen was like, well, we're all of Nick's nation is with you, and it was just incredibly emotional. And to Schwinn's point, I thought I thought Breen and Clyde just were excellent the whole night. Um, some things are um, bigger than a single a basketball game. Yeah, um, I thought I thought um, Breen was like he was like you could hear it in his voice to start the game too uh, when they were doing like the opening. Before See, tip the or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, that was good. And then the second thing I wanted to bring up, just because I think it's really inspirational, um, really amazing comeback today and heartwarming story. Uh, shout out to uh, John Morant for his amazing ability to come off the bench tonight. Um, just so inspirational. Uh, redemption, baby. Let's get it. Let's get it. Did did he not? What, am I missing something here? Did he not? His, his pops and his pops and other family members pulled up to the game with redemption shirts with his face on them. Oh so God. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into the ad read before we get into Holy comments. Wait, uh, I just want to—I just want to say one quick thing. Mm. Lo and uh, Chris Herring did a Six Man of the Year podcast, and Lo was talking. They were talking about quickly, and Lo randomly or Herring was like, "You know, quickly's been through a lot. Like, there have been a ton of different point guards. You know, there was that time when Alfred Payton was the starting point guard, and Zach Lowe just goes, oh, my God. <laughs> like, let's have, like, a, out of just pure disgust. It was, like, one of the funniest things I've ever heard. He was like, he was like, don't tell that to Knicks fans. And Chris Aaron was like, oh, trust me, Knicks fans remember. <laughs> yeah, they don't got to tell us. Yeah. We'll always remember that. We'll always have the Alfred Payton starting point guard experience. NBA fans. <laughs> It's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. 
Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA, any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Download the app now and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility to apply. See show notes or show description for details. All right, we've got like a million comments pulling through. Shout out to everyone that's here. Make sure you leave a like and subscribe. We're on our way to 1K subs. Really quick, um, RJ Barrett, has he's only shooting 32% from three this year. He is posting a career high in true shooting percentage, 53.7, uh, 49.1 EFG. I still think he's a better three-point shooter than he shot this year. I'm betting long-term that comes up. I still feel pretty good about him as a scorer. It's the rest of it that is kind of like up in the air. Um, but to Jeff's point, the passing that we've seen, especially since post-All-Star break, it feels like maybe he's starting to get into his head like, I don't need to try to score every time I have the basketball. Um, and... You know, if he does that, the assist numbers will come up. The scoring efficiency will come up just because he's taking less stupid shots. Um, and that would be encouraging. And I thought, again, like, I, I thought his defense tonight was pretty good. I, I didn't have a problem with his defense tonight. I don't know why Tibbs had him on hero at the end of the game. I thought that was a big mistake. Um, did he not learn from the last time that he was on hero? Like, what I, is wrong? I, I, with- I really did not understand that. Um, but, you know. That just I just wanted to get that in because I did kill him on the last game at the last post game, but I thought he played a good game tonight. Yeah, you crucified and, um, him. Yeah, and I think I hammered those nails into his palms and feet. Wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I thought I thought he played really well tonight. I thought he was the next best player pretty easily. Yeah. I still think he needs a hater, so yeah, he it, just it's... you're the only one. <laughs> It's games like this, though, that make it like that much more frustrating when he looks like how he did last game, which is why like Schwinn went on that tirade. Like, it's it's also just like it's so weird because he'll he'll have in like an like he has had games where the first half you're like, are you on drugs? And then he'll come on the second half and he'll be like completely fine. You're like, what just happened here? Like, what was that? Was that against Utah earlier this year where he had a half where he was like it looked like a Frank stat line. It was like 17 minutes, one shot or so. It was like just really bad. No points. I think it was like a zero. It was zeros. So no points, no rebounds, no assists. And I'm like, what's happening here? Like, are we good? And then he just comes on the second half and he's like, fine. And like, it, that's, that's the shit that I'm like, what's, what's happening with him. Uh, I still don't think he's in the shape. He was in his second year in the league, which I think was the best condition he's been in. Um, he still doesn't look like he's, at Too much that olive level, oil, peanut butter but, sandwiches. Yeah, he's got to lay off the olive oil, peanut butter sandwiches for sure. Which is like, also, who the fuck is? Why are you doing that? Um, <laughs> but like, he, it's really important for him, especially as somebody who isn't like an elite athlete at the NBA level, um, to be in 99th percentile shape, like conditioning, and he's got to win all those margins. Like, it's so important for him to be in the best possible shape he can be in. I think he just got too bulked up the last couple of years and it's affected some of his mobility. He looks actually like he's lost a little bit of weight recently. I don't know how that happened, but like he's moving a little bit better and just looking at him in his Jersey lately. I'm like, did you lose like five pounds recently or something? 
Um, but he's moving better. He's playing better overall. The annoying stretches are very annoying because you see games like this and you're like, why don't you do this more? Uh, but hopefully he goes out the season strong. We need him to close out the season strong. And I was like, this, if him and Grimes play like they did tonight, we will be fine. We will be very, very fine. And we will close the season out as the five seed. Like, that's the biggest takeaway. Towards tonight. the playoffs. Yeah, that's the biggest takeaway from tonight um, is just those two guys finding some form again, I think, like, will definitely result in this team being the five seed. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some comments. Um, but, uh, oh, Jesus. I was on mute. Sorry. Um, I just want to say, uh, I thought, uh, I forget if it was which one of the three of you it was, but our defense as a whole, I thought, aside from Brunson, was just good tonight. Uh, I texted my friend who's a Knicks fan, and I was basically just like, this is going to be a really boring game to talk about because I thought, like, I thought the process was pretty good on both ends, and the Heat just hit a lot of shots. And it's like, I don't know. I just thought this was an acceptable loss. Um, so I'm very interested to see what people comment because I hope they can bring out like more worthy conversations. Speaking of which, Brunson is legit food on defense since he's returned, says Christopher Vieira. Does he look worse to y'all or is it that teams are just hunting him more now? I think it's a combination of like he is still getting his like timing back in regards to the foot injury. Like he's been a step slow in like a lot of rotations and closeouts and stuff like that. But I also think that they are targeting him a bit more. Um, so it seems like a column A, column B thing. I feel like when he was, like, you know, in that stretch where he was, like, scoring 30 a game and stuff, like, I felt like he wasn't good defensively, but I felt like he was still able to make the rotations, like, a split second quicker. And I feel that, like, since he's come back, like, he hasn't been all the way back there, like, in terms of, like, mobility, in terms of being able to, like, rotate, in terms of being able to react. So... It might be a timing thing, but I do think it's something to look forward to, especially going into the playoffs, especially against a matchup where potentially you're playing the Cavs. So, um, yeah, I think I think some of it's physical, but I also think some of it's mental. Like he's just not locked locked in. in. Um, yep. Like he had a play in the fourth today where he's doing the right thing, where he's like soft, like he's kind of like soft trapping Butler at the top of the key, and he's trying to make the pass across to Lowry hard. He gives up the pass, which is fine. Like, it's not like you're kind of expected to almost give up that pass in a lot of ways, but then he closes out to him like fucking slow. And then Lowry gets into the paint. He made a, I think he might've hit some, of course he did. Cause everybody apparently now can make a floater against us no matter what. Um, but like, those are the plays where I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, I don't know if that's about physical, like you're, your physical conditioner, if you're just not locked in, like the one at the start of the third quarter, like literally the first possession of the third quarter that I talked about before about, on Gabe Vincent, I was just like, that has nothing to do with you not being like, even if you are hurt or whatever, like that's not, that's got nothing to do with it. You just have to be better there. Um, and, you know, it's got like, like anything else, it, there's ups and downs defensively. I think right now we're, we're in a little bit of a down. I wouldn't say we're playing bad defense. And I actually thought today was like Jeff mentioned more encouraging than anything on, the, on that end. Like I didn't think the defense was bad tonight aside from Brunson and a few really weird Randall possessions, but like, um, like you're just seeing a little bit like guys are helping maybe a little bit too much, like a half step too much, whatever. Like there's just a little bit of slippage and like sometimes a little bit of slippage and teams getting hot. Like that's enough to, Oh my God, is the defense falling apart? Like, I don't think the defense is falling apart. I think it's okay. Um, 
they'll be fine. I am not too worried about it. And um, yeah, I, I think I think I think Brunson just got to like if he is feeling it, it makes it even more imperative that he's locked in defensively. Um, there's just not there. There's too many possessions where he's not paying attention to his man or like he's taking terrible angles to like, go. there's one today where he's like, he's like taking, he's like, it's like, if you're going to go under the fucking screen, then just go under, don't go under. And like, it's like, he's like getting stuck on guys intentionally. It's just really weird to watch some of his effort getting over screens or, you know, getting to his man right now. He's got to clean that up. But um, yeah, I don't know. The Brunson thing is, it is what it is. We need him to get it together um, because we definitely need him period uh, if we're going to do anything. Yeah. And we, we also just don't have the coach who, I mean, I was saying this before we got hot before we got on, like if you want to go small quickly, Grimes, RJ Hart, Randall could arguably be our best small lineup. And we just don't have a coach who thinks that way. Um, and that I, I'm, I don't mean to like take a shot at Tibbs. Like he just will never do that ever. It, do it. The fact that he even went small with four minutes left is so far out of his comfort zone. And um, so we need Brunson to find it because there isn't an adjust. There isn't, we, we saw with Alec fucking Burks last year. Like he literally thought Alec Burks was the Knicks best chance to win. So no matter what happened on the court, Alec Burks was getting those closing minutes almost regardless. What do you think he's going to do with Jalen Brunson? There's no world where Jalen Brunson is not playing 35 minutes a night. If he's healthy is not closing every game. And so there's no other answer. We can't talk about anything else, any other solutions. The only solution is Jalen Brunson needs to be better. Um, and, and and actually to your point today, it's like the, the, the unwillingness to play small, like it's, it's nights like this where you're like, this would have been a perfect matchup to go small. This is like one of those matchups that makes total sense to go small in. Uh, and like they had love at the five at one point in the second quarter, I believe. Um, and like, I get that. Like Mitch is obviously awesome defensively and we've seen him play and, and be on the floor and, and survive and, and actually play well against a team that played five out, right? When we won in Boston double overtime, they played Horford at the five basically the whole game. Mitch played really well in that game. Um, so we know he can survive in that lineup, but like you're never like, it's, it's always, it's the thing with Tibbs that is fundamentally, I think what is his caps of ceiling is he never views that stuff. Like the only way he dictates to another team is like mismatch hunting for one of his guys, right? Like, Oh, I like Brunson can cook RJ like Randall can cook this matchup, like try to hunt a mismatch, but he'll never think of it. Like, well, if I go Randall at the five here, like what would he do to Kevin love in these, in this, like, in like, what could he do in those minutes? Uh, He'll never think of that. And because of that, we won't see that rant, like any of the lineup you're talking about, or the one we saw at the end of the game tonight, we won't see that except for like in dire straits at the end of the ball game type of thing. Like, that's yeah. it. That's the only reason he went to it tonight, right? Like, they were down 10, and he's like, fuck it. Let me just try it. Uh, and it actually, it worked okay. Uh, it seemed fine. I mean, very, very small sample. Especially but like, offensively. Yeah, they, they, got got, whatever they, they got whatever they wanted yeah. on offense. Yeah, they, they got anything they wanted on offense. Um, and it's like, 
I just we've seen him when he do, he's done this earlier in the season where he he tried the five out stuff for like very very situational things and it's like every time he's done it I'm just like I don't know how any team defends us like, especially how are you stopping Brunson from getting into the paint Randall getting into the paint Art like you just can't stop all of that so you know it, again that's the ceiling stuff with him but um, yeah whatever um. Yeah, I and I also thought that uh, like the Heat, at least the first three possessions before the game was kind of out of reach. All three of their shots were Butler hit a contested 20 footer. Hero hit a contested three and Butler got to the rim. And I'll say this. We praise quickly for it all the time. Can you think of a time RJ's gone straight up like that and contested a shot at the rim as good as like I know he has some blocks, but like his blocks are usually like help you know, he's helping and he's just getting easy blocks. That was a legit, I thought at least a great contest at the rim. I I don't know if you guys agree with that, but he legit went straight up. He hit a pretty high peak. He definitely didn't foul. He didn't jump into him. He just went straight up. And that was a really tough finish by Butler. I thought, anyway, the point is, is that when the Knicks went small, they got really, really easy looks, great three from Grimes. Great. You know, and when the heat and when, when they were on defense, I don't think the heat created good looks. So yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty successful lineup, given the small sample. Yeah, I did like RJ Barrett's verticality. Um, I thought his that's uns- uh, that's definitely surprising more protection for RJ because you know like he's not much of a leaper, but seeing him get up in that moment, especially against like, someone like Jimmy Butler, really good play from him. Hmm. Um, and I, I also wanted to say, Schwinn, because uh, you, you were on the post games last year, there was a time when uh, when Sam was like, uh, he brought up in one of the post games, in one of the post games when we were just raging, and he was just like, quickly, Grimes, RJ, Randall, Mitch. Like, can we just look up how many minutes that lineup's played? Because that, that sounds like a pretty good lineup to me. And we looked it up literally, like, as we're doing the post game, and it had 19 minutes on the season. And it's like, man, like, if he can't find that lineup last season amidst what was going on, like, I know he's improved, and this isn't, like, a Tibbs thing, but, like, he's just not going to be super creative with his lineups in general, and that's just, like, an example of that. That's just. Not I mean, weird. I'll put it this way. I think if they don't get the five seed, there's – like, if the Knicks don't, if the, forget the if the Knicks don't finish in the top six, we'll see what happens. Right, they'll have the playing games. They're not going to win their first round matchup if they don't finish in the top six. I, I don't think they're going to beat any of the team. Like, I think right now Philadelphia might actually end up finishing out of Boston. As things stand, I don't know. It's tight. Um, but like, if they if they lose again, it doesn't really matter to me wherever they end up. If they end up in the play, if they miss the playoffs altogether then I, he should be fired. If In whatever scenario they make the playoffs, if they play a series that's like completely non-competitive, unless they're playing Milwaukee, which is the one team I can understand that happening with, but if they play a non-competitive series, he should be fired. Like, And, and that's, that is while I'll acknowledge that he's improved as a coach and that I think that he's done some good things. Like, it's it's not good enough. This team is too, it's, it's much more talented. And even on a night like tonight, right? You want to tell me quickly had a bad game? Fine. Grimes didn't have a bad game. Like, like you like the inability to try to find guys that are having good games more minutes if he if they're just lower in the pecking order is always such a weird thing. And it's always such a like hang up for him. Um, so 
you know, you just, we'll see. I, I don't want to turn this into a whole tips thing, but that's kind of been what I, I've thought all year, but um, he's coached better than I thought. I think he deserves credit for this year. At the same time, the team is very good. The, the talent level is very good on this team. So I think maybe we sh- don't need to pretend like he's, you know. God. Yeah, he's not making water out of wine, right? Like, or whatever the fuck that's saying. Wine out of water. Yeah, yeah. And sure. this uh, this com- this comment from Ace Bouchard goes along with what we're talking about. Yeah, like, he says, Thibs kind of sharpied in heart as a guaranteed finisher alongside Brunson and Randall, which ultimately won't end up fair to at least one of IQ, RJ, or Grimes. Tonight we saw it. It was not fair to Grimes. Um, he came in with, like, under, what, four minutes to go in the fourth? Yep. And he should have came in way sooner. Yeah, it was yeah, stupid. I mean, he was the best of the four, or, or the second best. RJ was the best. But that should be enough to close on this Knicks team. Like, and, or to at least get a second shift. Like, he got pulled with four four minutes left or whatever in the third quarter because for some reason, Tibbs went back to not staggering Brunson and Randall, which I don't get either. Um, I don't know if it was Yushwin, but somebody on the timeline said, uh, I think it was Benji actually, Benji said, I wonder if the end of quarter struggles have any correlation with the fact that Brunson and Randall are always playing entire quarters. And it's like, yeah, like probably. Um, but it also hurts this thing we're talking about. If Brunson's playing the entire first, the entire third, and Josh Hart is playing the last 17 minutes of every half, quickly, RJ and Grimes, it's not even fully about closing. This is three guys that are basically sharing one spot for like, like most of the game. There's just not enough minutes to go around if 70 of the whatever minutes are untouched. and Hart, yeah. They're, they're bunch- yeah. And Hart, Hart is a good fucking player. I'm happy they got him. Mm-hmm. Why is he this guy that's like, it doesn't matter what he does. He just, he gets to play 30 minutes a night, 30 plus minutes a night. And I like, I get he's been awesome since he got here, but like, it's just, it's it just really bizarre to me. Like, as, especially tonight. Like, I'm like, cause he just wasn't that good tonight. Like, I'm sorry. He just wasn't. And you know, I, I don't think like, single game plus minus isn't the all end all be all, but like, I actually didn't think his minus 10 tonight, you know, he was the second worst on the team. I didn't think that was like, it doesn't say that he. I was. I do. I think he's the second worst player on the floor for the on, for the next night. No, but I don't think he had a good game. And like, I think that's all that speaks to. Like, I thought Hartenstein was pretty bad tonight too. If you wanted to, it, like that that that's the opportunity right there, right? To go small, play five out. Um, but like, yeah, it's just it it is what it is. I we've talked about this so much. I, I have. I hate this conversation. You want easy. You want easy. <laughs> you, want easy you want easy creativity. Four minutes left in the third quarter. Brunson's getting hunted. Randall just got teed up and, you know, had his whole meltdown thing. 88-77, I think it was. And RJ is very clearly the Knicks' best player at that moment. You want quickly and Hart back in. Okay. Why not just try for a minute or two? Try quickly Grimes, RJ, Hart, Mitch. Just try it. Just, Just see what happens. You know, like that is a sub. He's allowed to do that. It doesn't just have like like Randall and Obi don't have to play all forty eight power forward minutes. It doesn't have to be this last resort of desperation at only at the end of games. Does he not realize that if he only tries this at the end of the games, that means they're only playing the other team's best five. They're only playing the highest leverage minutes. There's and, and they're not playing it ever again. They don't get any time to like build chemistry. Any of these lineups. 
And so, like, yeah, when when Brunson's getting hunted and Randall's struggling, that was just, in, in my opinion, incredibly easy sub to make. But no, he just just takes RJ out, like, because it's Captain it's Robotic. That's time. time, right? Yeah, it's just that time. And it's just like, that's that's a time right there. You're down 11. Things aren't going great. Let's just see it. Let's see how RJ and Art do on the wings together with Quickly and Grimes. That, By the way, if you're worried about size, you want Quickly and Grimes at the point of attack because your size is less likely to hurt you if you have your two best point of attack defenders on the court together. It's just um, it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah, this is. I, I also find this weird, Christopher Vieira. Uh, Thomas also has heart initiating a lot of possessions when he's in with IQ. I don't understand that at all. And it's clearly a tactical instruction from Tibbs down to the players because I've seen multiple times where Hartenstein will not pass it to quickly and throw it to Hart. So it's definitely like a thing that that is what they're supposed to do. I don't understand it, especially because unless Hart is going coast to coast, he ends up just like flipping it to quickly anyway, and then quickly has to try. But he has to do it now with like 16 seconds left on the clock. I don't understand that. I really don't like it. Um, and yeah, and and also like, I like Hart in transition. I also think that Hart is not a particularly great decision maker when he's having to when he's bringing the ball up against a half court defense and it's set and like, or they don't have a numbers advantage. Like there was one, I mean, today Clyde even commented on, right. I think it was one Oh, I think it was one Oh one, 100. We had the ball Hart like kind of is pushing it up. He has quickly opened the corner. I get quickly hasn't shot the ball well tonight, but like, I don't, I doubt that's what his decision was there. Instead he dribbles across and then he gives it to RJ who has to take a contested three. It was just a really weird possession. And like, that's when Clyde know. said like he went the wrong way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I agree. I don't know what this this weird IQ heart thing is just stupid. Like I it makes no sense. It doesn't need to happen. Even if he if he wants if the fucking play is for IQ to ultimately run the fucking set anyway, why do you need to make it like you're just taking time off the clock to to do what you were gonna do anyway. It's it's fucking stupid. Um and it, it it's like one of those things that I just like I just don't get it. I, I don't get how you like watch the stretch that quickly had for about three months and you're like, no, I, I, the best, the thing we need to do now is to take him off the ball again a little bit more and put heart as like the designated, bring the ball up the floor guy, even in against a set defense. Like that's just stupid. And it makes no sense. Yeah. I, the only explanation I can think about it is like, maybe they're throwing it to heart because heart, like, Carter has the ability to like make those outlet passes sometimes to find like dudes um streaking, but like even still, if you're walking the ball up, then it doesn't make any sense. So it just kind of feels it's head scratching. Like it's, it, it's oh, I'm sorry, Tyrus, keep going. No, I'm just like, does he think that like Hart is point in some instances? Because even Hart doesn't think he's point. So just like I, I don't know that that's especially concerning to me. Um, didn't he do this with Burks last year too when him and Quick were bringing it up like it's some weird thing with Quickly like because he does this with like somebody brought this up in the comment too that Chris Rivera did but he like he did this with Deuce too when he plays with Quickly it's like Deuce brings the ball up and then he like pitches it back to Quick and I'm like what is the what was the point of that nine seconds we just watched (laughs) like what was the point of that like because nothing happened other than so stupid it just doesn't make any sense and then magically when Brunson's on the floor with those guys we never need to do it so it's clearly some like 
weird lack of trust thing in quickly, even though quickly like doesn't turn the ball over really. I mean, I don't remember the last time quick got stripped bringing the ball up or something like I don't I even remember. Just, I think it's just a trust thing, man. Like I, but I what think kind of it, trust thing is he trusts Deuce over quickly? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, Deuce is a point guard. But it, he doesn't even believe that anymore. Like, we know he doesn't believe that. He literally no, doesn't. I, I, def, I definitely do not know that Tibbs thinks quickly is a point guard. He started quick at point guard every game that Brunson has Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think he's reached a point where he's said multiple times, Emmanuel, I don't know what Emmanuel quickly is. I know he's a very good basketball player. And I think that after last season, when quickly wasn't starting no matter what, and it, it was clear that he should have started, I think that he couldn't get away with that this season. Like if he tried some bullshit where he started somebody over quickly at point guard, that would have just been it. And I think somebody was like, okay, like if Jalen Brunson's out, you have to start him. Like your reservations aside, he has to start. I still do not know that Tom Thibodeau trusts Emmanuel quickly as a point guard. Do I think that's fucking stupid? Yes. I think the idea of that is fucking stupid, but to me, that's what it is to me. It's he trusts whatever this intangible aesthetic point guard thing is he trusts Josh Hartley. He trusted Alec Burks and he does it. He just doesn't see quickly that way. It's so weird, bro. He sees quickly as like his, yeah, Christopher Vieira. He sees him as like his microwave scorer who can play some defense. Like in my opinion, he's happy to fit quickly into his little role. And he doesn't I, I just want to say, this. I, I want to address this. This is so insane. This is from Larry Israel. I'm not even going to bring this comment up. This is so insane. The idea of people in the FO call down to Tibbs. I promise you. They fucking do. do. They do. And if you don't want to, like, if you don't want to believe me, I don't care. That it's is so obvious with some of the things that occur. It's a fact. It's a fact. I'm just going to leave it at that. It's a fact. It doesn't mean that they're, that all of his decisions are being micromanaged by the front office. But there are certain things that have occurred this year, which 100%. I mean, we saw it last year with the whole Sims thing. Like, Nerlens magically just yep. like is like so ill that he cannot play basketball for the rest of the year. Well, no, Todd literally Todd got moved to the, as the third big. Like, yeah, I think Tibbs, like he he went he went home for All Star break and was like, you know what, it's time to trust the fifty eighth overall pick. Yeah, like it's so obvious with some of the moves that he. Larry, like, why are you being so fucking like? Like, why are you so micro? Oh, they call down and say you have to start IQ. Like, is that actually that? First of all, I, I, I don't actually, I don't know if that's the case. Second, is that actually I'd like that the insane? Front office said that. That's not even that insane. We like, they're, that probably happens around the they league. Pro- like, they probably did. If I would probably argue that they were like, okay, if you're not going to start this year, you're just going to punt games. We're just going to fire you. Like, we knew that he was about to get fired. So they're probably like, he okay, thought he was about to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> and and go look at Quickly's minutes to start the season. They were like last season. Like yeah. he didn't play more than twenty five minutes, like once in the first twenty games. And then oh, he, we're ten and thirteen, and his job's on the line. And what do you know? Quickly starts playing up more all the time. I wonder. I wonder why. Like I wonder why he started I, playing more. It's also like not a big deal to me. It's like oh, he took advice. Okay, cool. Yeah, right. It is Tibbs's decision. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. It's I Tibbs's mean, it's decision. also like but there he's also is getting bosses. advice from people and taking like, oh, okay, uh, maybe I won't be upset that like maybe I won't have a hissy fit for a half a season that I'm being told to do things and I'm going to start Kemba Walker. Like maybe it's like, oh, hey, uh, Tibbs, you might want to do this. Otherwise, you're going to get fired. And he's like, I would like my job. I'd like to retain my job. 
I'll just do the thing they want. And if that helps, cool. Like, also, is like, is it insane for bosses to tell their employers what to do and like for their employer to like follow it? Is it insane for a boss to strongly suggest you do something in a way that they like? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, that's happened to me at work. Like, it, it's not like an out of. I've seen it happen thing. to people at work, so I know it's definitely something that happens. So, yeah. Yeah, like they clearly were like, okay, we need Intel, and if we're not gonna get that Intel from you, then we're gonna get it from Johnny Bryant or whatever. So, I don't know. That just feels like a weird hill to die on. Yeah, it just it just seems incredibly clear to me that like they somebody, whether it was Tibbs or whether it was the front office. Somebody was like, "We're gonna lose quickly if we treat him like that again this season." That's actually yeah. quickly was like halfway on the way out because like his manager's leaking stuff and like, yeah. like they clearly were, okay, they clearly were like, maybe we're all OS had like a come to Jesus moment, and was like, "Listen, if we don't do this, that like he took off his shirt in the office and he was like, start quickly, like." We were starting Deuce McBride last year because Tibbs didn't want to break up the IQ and OB pairing, like. I'm sorry, unless there's a come to Jesus moment somewhere that like he clearly, clearly had some kind of influence. And so, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, the original point I was trying to make is to me, quickly starting when Brunson's out is less about Tibbs being like, okay, I see you as a point guard and more about Tibbs being like, okay, it's a huge slap in the face to you. If I don't start you, everybody will see it. I can't do that to you. I'm just going to start you. Like to me, that's what it's more about. I have not seen any evidence that he views him as a point guard. I have seen tons of evidence that Tom Thibodeau loves Emmanuel quickly. And I believe that I'm just saying, we're talking about Josh Hart dribbling up the basketball. And I'm saying this to, to you know, to Larry, cause he's talking about it in the chat. I'm not saying that Tibbs doesn't love quickly. I think he loves quickly. I think he'll, he would play him. If Brunson was out, I think he'd play him 50 minutes a night. I'm talking specifically about if he views him as a point guard. And I think the Josh Hart dribbling the basketball up the court thing is a part of that. I'm I'm still not convinced that Tom Thibodeau views Emmanuel quickly as like a true point guard that he wants like initiating the offense all the time. That's my personal opinion. Hawkeye420 says, is our three-point defense coming back down to earth? What can be done to improve? Seems like Thibs is praying for misses is going to be our downfall in the spring. Um... I thought the defense was fine tonight. I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. And, like, I thought that the Wolves game, if you go back and watch all those threes, I would challenge you to say that, like, they were good threes that we gave up. I I thought a lot of them were pretty shitty. I mean, Miami went 16 of 28 tonight from three. I have no idea what – I'm just going to look it up right now. I would venture to guess that's under their average in terms of attempts from three. Um, I'll look it up right now. They attempt – Per game coming into tonight. Da, 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 da. Where the fuck is this? Okay. Uh, coming in tonight, Miami averages 34 and a half attempts per game from three on 85 and a half total field goal attempts. Um, tonight, they took 79 shots, 28 threes. Even if they get up to 85 at that pace, that would have been under their average of attempts from three. Like, I don't think our issue tonight was defending the three point line. They were hot. They made a lot of shots that you just kind of have to live. I mean, Gabe Vincent had like a fucking step back three. He had another one coming off a curl. Like, you're not, what are you going to do? Like, those are the ones where I'm like, 
yeah, Brunson got cooked, but like, is that really him getting cooked or is that just like, okay, like, what the fuck? Butler hit two threes today. Give me a fucking break. Okay, oh, like, that shit, man. fuck that. Like, he hit two threes today. <laughs> Kevin Love, Kevin Love raised his average today from three because he went two of six. Yeah, like, uh, those seven, Kyle Lowry hit like one or two. Like, come on. I mean, Hero hit one in the fourth quarter where Randall was like, you can't play better defense than he played on it. He literally forced him, like, he had to take a, a basically a step back off the dribble, three feet behind the arc. Randall, like, is in his fucking, has his hand, like, right at his release point. He made that, like, at some point, like, okay, what the fuck? Like, what are you going to do? Uh, Struess hit one on quickly where, like, that's literally, I saw people saying, like, quickly can't help there. That's literally the scheme. That's, like, yep. he has to give the yeah, nail he, help. He, he, he has recovered, to recover he, 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 yeah, he had the nail help, and then he recovered perfectly. Quickly, yeah. like, that's where you utilize his wingspan. His, yeah, his, just, his arms are fucking robot arms. He, 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 he recovered fine. Three. Yeah, that's, that's just a tough three, like, whatever. Um, like, they didn't, I, I didn't think the three-point defense today was bad. I, against Minnesota, it was probably worse. And even that, like, I, I saw Benji had a video today where he, like, he talked about, you know, I think uh, what Finch said something in the game about, like, we use their tendencies against them or some shit like that. Or they, we, they, ex- they exploited the Knicks. Yeah, and I like, I get the examples he gave. I don't think he was wrong, but even in those examples, I was like, are these like actually bad shots that we gave up or like, did they just make them? Did they just capital? Like, like you can like, yeah, they understood what we were going to do. That doesn't make the shots they got in that game particularly great. And I didn't think the shots tonight Miami got were particularly great. And I would I would guess when the shot quality thing comes out tomorrow that we looked um that we that we win on shot quality which like again like okay you know hang a banner for that whatever but like that my point is like more I I didn't think this was you can go back and watch some of our games from earlier in the season if you want to watch real bad defense this wasn't that to me this was just like a game where they had it going I mean I think we lost that game what was that game we lost to at the Garden to De- to Dallas? It was like one twenty one to one hundred, right? Um, like that That's was actually terrible defense. Game. That that was actually terrible defense. What happened tonight to me was not terrible defense. This was you didn't you weren't perfect on defense. This wasn't like a lockdown performance, and they just had seven thousand hero ball shots. But this is like you play like you're playing an NBA team. Sometimes these guys get hot, and that is what it is. Like there's no you, you're not going to do anything. Like that Brooklyn game we won earlier in the year when we fucking made every shot in the world. I don't remember anybody, any of us being like, Oh, well the Knicks were just on fire and that's why they won the game. Like, no, we were like, Oh my God, we're fucking awesome. This is great. Like that was probably more of a game where you're like, I mean, our defense actually kind of sucked in that game. And it just didn't matter because every time they made a run, we were just like, Oh yeah. Brunson's going to hit six setback threes now in a row. Like it's, this happens. Like you have to accept this shit. I'm fine with this. I think if we play like this tomorrow, you tell me if you tell me we played this way tomorrow, we win the like we will win. That's that's how it. That's if we play like this on most nights, I think we win the ball game. Um, we just need Brunson to play a little bit better defense, and we might have even snuck this one out tonight. And also, uh, just to just to comment on your about the Benji thing. I think what Benji was saying was more about the process than the act, actual result. When he's talking, especially the Obi play, he he's basically just saying that Obi's job 
is to like you were just saying about quickly it's the scheme to nail help and recover and he's saying that you know it's obi's job to read the two on two and read the opponent so you have mike conley and then the point of attack defender had recovered and hardenstein was in a good position obi doesn't need to be as aggressive with the nail help but he was that aggressive anyway and it gave conley an easy outlet pass for that first pass so it it was right but this is the this is the thing to me it's like i guarantee you before the game before the game okay what was torian prince coming in what was he shooting coming into that game like 33 percent or something from three i don't know um i i promise you before the game because i was that was in the first half of that game too i promise you coming into that game the scattering report the, the what their instructions were like you can help off of torian prince Look at how they defended him in the first half. I promise you, it, they they were told you can help off a Torian Prince. Obviously, you have to recover, and he does recover on the play. He does make a shot, and like I'm not taking a shot at Benji because I I get what he, I I understand what he's trying to trying to show, and he's right. Like that's an example of a team understanding what the Knicks are going to do, and actively like knowing beforehand where those gaps might present themselves. Right, um, but like I'm saying, even in those examples. I was like looking at it. I'm like, yeah, I guess like they did, ex- you know, exploit it. But did they really get like this? Were they getting like wide open looks from three or something? I don't know. Um, you know, I, the the second one he pointed out with like Hartenstein not being so focused on something off ball. That to me is just like really good play design. And it really that, was. Yeah, it's it's really good. And like I just think you tip your hat and try and adjust. But like, you know, Spolstra for all his genius, like. The guy is not exactly cooking up some super amazing. Like everything in their offense is like seven thousand dribble handoffs, or like a post up for Butler or a post up for Bam. That is their offense. That's it. That's all they do. They don't do anything else. It's just seven thousand dribble handoffs and post up Butler, post up Bam. That's it. And and flop and fucking try and get calls. Are you guys seeing that this Mitch social media stuff again? God, why does he keep doing this? No, I didn't see what he said. He, uh, somebody tweeted, I guarantee you if Mitch went to Dallas or San Antonio, those coaches would make sure that he as a seven foot center gets the ball. And if the players didn't get him the ball, they'd be sitting on the bench. And Mitch gave that tweet a big like. Okay. Uh, okay. Not a huge deal, but I just don't get how you, I don't don't get how you can, that can happen tonight, like two days after. he, He also got the ball. So I don't really understand what he's talking about. You know who made a really – I mean, he. I don't think he was very good all night, but Obi made a really nice play to get Mitch the ball. He had this one – Yeah. Uh, yeah, you go. Sorry. No, I was going to – I agree. Oh, uh, yeah. It was, it was a really cool play. Um, and the really cool thing about it is Mitch should have gotten the ball earlier in the possession. He was wide open under the basket, and Clyde even said, get him the ball or something – didn't get the ball and Obi kind of took it into his own hands and he ended up with a dunk anyway. So it was just a cool play by Obi. Um, I didn't think Obi played very well at all tonight. Uh, I, I thought Obi, frame. I thought Obi could have actually probably should have just taken the layup on that too. So yeah. yeah. Yep. You're yeah. Um. All right. Stanley Mann is very upset, I guess with these all caps here. Um. This is supposed to be a defensive genius. Why can't he come up with schemes to prevent easy transition layups, wide open and wide open three point shooters? Why can't our guards keep others out of the paint? I think a lot of this comes to like, um, effort, especially with the transition stuff. Like that's just effort. Like guys just getting back on defense. Um, 
wide open three point shooters like just don't over help. I feel like a lot of that is just like even just like with closing out. I feel like our guys could be, do a little bit better job of closing out on guys. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, again, with our guards too. I mean, I think Grimes does a pretty good job at the point of attack. Brunson has been a little bad lately, or not a little bad, but he's been really bad lately. Um, and th- with Brunson, a huge thing with him is effort, and he hasn't shown that the last couple of games. So, a lot of this stuff is just effort. Like the def- half of defense is effort. So. I, I think I thought you brought up a really good point with the transition stuff. Um, our transition defense has been terrible recently, and that is an effort thing. And it's why I'm kind of uh, I, I remain optimistic about the playoffs because even the Brunson thing. Look, Brunson's not a good defender. He hasn't been all season. I actually think that we've been so like happy with our shiny new toy that Knicks fans have often just ignored it. Like, but like, there's kind of a reason the Knicks are. They've been better with Brunson on the bench. Like, I'm not saying, again, Brunson's great and he should have been an all star and yada, yada. But, like, I don't know. I just think it's shiny new toy syndrome with Brunson sometimes. Um, but playoffs are all about matchups and they're all about exploiting weaknesses. I do, and while I do see Brunson as a bad defender in a vacuum and over the totality of the regular season, I do not see him as like a Trey Young type who is just super exploitable because I do think that he's incredibly smart. And he has a low center of gravity that's not just going to be allowed to – he's not just going to be pushed around. People can shoot over him. I believe that. But he's not just going to be someone – I don't think he's going to, like, die on screens. I think he's going to fight through them. I think he's going to draw offensive fouls like he does because he's a fucking pest. And when he's locked in the playoffs, I do not I, – I, I will die on this hill. And I'll, I'll admit I'm wrong. If, if the playoffs come around, I'm wrong. I don't think he'll be noticeably exploitable in the playoffs. I, I think he'll be fine. I just think it's harder in the playoffs for a variety of reasons. Um, I, I'm trying to think of like what are, what has our schedule been recently? I'm trying. To, yeah, we weren't good in transition against Minnesota. We weren't good. I don't actually think our transition defense was bad tonight. I think we had a lot of live ball turnovers that were led to easy runouts. Like there's a difference between bad transition defense and what I think happened tonight, which I think were you gave you gave up numbers advantages just because of turnovers. But like before that stretch, I mean, I'm just going to read off some games. Nuggets. Once we win one sixteen one ten. Knicks, the Blazers, we win one twenty three one Oh seven Lakers. We won one twelve one Oh eight Clippers. We win one Oh six ninety five Kings. We lose one twelve one twenty two one seventeen Hornets. We lose one twelve one Oh five like Knicks. We were Celtics. We win one thirty one one twenty nine. Transition defense isn't bad for two games, right? That's what we're talking about here. Like, guys can just be bad for two games. That's something. No, they can, but I, I don't I think, think I don't think it was a problem early in the season too, though. Wouldn't you agree with that? It was a big problem right, early, in the right? Season. But it it okay. wasn't. It hasn't been since they made that rotation change, really. So yeah, to me, it's just probably like maybe Brunson sucking ass a little bit defensively and having a few more live ball. Like we've had more live ball turnovers the last two games than I can remember before that. So that's it's, that could just be it right there. Man, that Stanley really Man just be is it. really going hard for deuce minutes in the, in these comments. Deuce is sweet. Yeah. I mean, Stanley <laughs> man is like, Thibs needs to play Brunson less. 
He's got Deuce on the bench. You know, Deuce is a much more energetic defender. I don't know, Stanley. I don't know. I appreciate, you know, your love for Deuce, though. We don't see that often around here, so. Wait, is Deuce getting a lot of shit on here or something? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, like, earlier, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, there was a there was a, a big portion of the season where, like, Deuce was just, like, constantly getting, like, shit on because of, like, his mediocre minutes that he provided. So, just yeah. Say Ty- just say Terry's. <laughs> what is the highest shit on Deuce McBride? <laughs> like, here we go. Daily Man asks, who is Brunson going to cover tomorrow against Orlando? Fultz or Anthony will run circles around him. Cole Good. Anthony running circles. Oh, they'll they'll put him on they'll put him on Gary Harris. I'm not sure that's a great matchup for him, but I mean we'll see. Th- that's the thing. Is <laughs> if the heat if the Heat wanna forego their offense and let Gary Harris try to beat us, by all means, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I if if you want to just put the ball in Gary Harris's hand in twenty twenty three, I'm cool with that. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I actually like, that's probably the one thing that does piss me off about All right, this has to be a troll at this point. What, now. what we did tonight, like or we just like we don't I'm like Hero's fucking out there the entire game. Why are you just why does he just not why does he get it like a free meal ticket? Like why are you never hunting this guy? They never do it. it, it, it it's such a it's such a good point by Yushwin because there was a possession early in the first half when RJ had Gabe Vincent on him and we just could sort of he, – he had him on the wing, and Brunson, Grimes, and uh, Randall were all off ball on the, the weak side together, so it was kind of an overload week. And I, I know – I'm not blaming Mitch because I know it's his job, but Mitch just kind of sauntered over and set a ball screen, and I was just like, man, why are we doing this? Why are we getting Bam Adebayo involved in the action when RJ can just take him? You know, like it's okay. And I do think there needs to be more matchup awareness and situational awareness, and – RJ often is the one who has the chance to exploit these matchups because Butler is always going to be on like, like the Brunson and Randall are probably going to get the meat of opposing teams, defense, def- best defenders. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, um, God damn it. Um, <laughs> um, I should just talk less. Uh, so RJ, you know, whether it's Gabe Vincent, whether it's Max Struess, whether it's Tyler hero, he has the best chance to, you know, take advantage of these matchup uh, advantages for lack of a better word. And I just don't think like you were saying earlier, Brunson does a good enough job of like orchestrating the offense to exploit these. And I I guess I shouldn't only blame Brunson because maybe he's, you know, not supposed to do that in the offense, but regardless, I completely agree with you that sometimes we like, it seems like other teams do a great job of finding our weakness. And sometimes it seems like we don't hunt, hunt to exploit as often. Well, what I what I saw in that first game we played against them at MSG um was like we started off that game and RJ was hunting hero and so what they did was they started trapping RJ. And I'm like that that seems like like and so a normal coach I feel like would be like okay they're trapping him this is great. This is how we attack this trap now. And it feels like Tibbs doesn't always want to do that so he's like no 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 let's let's avoid that altogether uh and not get into this i don't know it's just it's weird to me like we this happened against minnesota too i'm like mike conley's fucking out there okay this guy is food like he's can't move he's not strong at all he's like seven thousand years old and he's cooking you on offense so make him fucking work on the other end and he just gets a free meal ticket and i think like i will like this is where 
you know, we talk about, you know, the playoffs, can Tibbs adjust, blah, blah, blah. Reminds me of the Trey Young thing yeah, where this, this, we this did not biggest, hunt Trey yeah. Young at all. This is the biggest thing. Like, we can sit here and talk about Reggie Bull couldn't hunt him, Reggie Bull did. And I agree, Reggie Bull couldn't do anything. Um, but, like, Quentin Grimes can do stuff. He doesn't get to do stuff with how our offense exists. Like, that's the trade-off for being a low turnover generally offense, wanting to crash the glass and, like, be a great offensive rebounding team. The the there there are there is a trade off there and I think part of that trade off is um is is kind of like this like where you just get you know a guy on the other team who's clearly a negative not get hunted at all um so yeah that was weird for me I, I don't know I I didn't like that I thought Struess who was a guy I kind of like but like he's a guy I think you can attack like we didn't do that much at all it was just weird I, I thought it's very odd to see some of that. Um, but yeah, look, I, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah, that's my biggest concern in the playoffs is are we going to be able to hunt like the weakest link in lineups? Because to see the Knicks not take advantage of Trey Young on so many possessions in that series just like was so mind boggling to me. And I know we had like such limited options, but like try something to get Trey young on like Julius or even Alec Burks. Like Alec Burks has a, had a fire game one. And I feel like a lot of his buckets came or like, at least they tried to get him on Trey young in certain instances in that game one. Um, But then like, it just like was non-existent for the rest of that series. So it's going to be interesting to see how he approaches this um, into the, into this year, because this team has much better and much more options. So yeah, we'll see. Josh Hart. I and, that, <laughs> and that, that, I mean, you can, I'm not excusing Tibbs for, you know, getting out coached by Nate McMillan in that playoff series overall, but like they just hit him on Reggie Bullock. And, you know, say what you want about Reggie Bullock. His defense was important to that team. Did Was it 40 minutes a night important? Okay, like, whatever. You're kind of grasping at straws here. Um, but Reggie Bullock is one of the most useless players I've ever seen with the ball in his hands. He can't do anything. I mean, he literally got called for a travel on a fast break in that series, um, and, which was, like, one of the most annoying plays ever. Um, we don't have that problem this season. Um and so that's sort of, uh, Sam, it kind of brings back to what I was talking about earlier about the first available shot. Like, we love running the offense through Brunson and Randall, and rightfully so. We have a top five offense, and they've been wonderful this season. But there needs to be some acknowledgement that just because Brunson and Randall can get a good shot almost like when they want doesn't mean they should always take it. There needs to be a willingness to take half a step back to try to take a couple steps forward, especially in the playoffs. You can get better looks. You can make opposing defenders more tired because they have to be involved in the action. That's one thing that I feel like gets under talked about is when one guy controls so much of the offense and we're trying to avoid turnovers. So the shot happens relatively quickly. It kind of leaves defenders stagnant. So they use less energy. Um, These things have compounding effects, whether it's in a game or if you're playing a seven game series in a series. So these are all factors that are going to matter and are going to play out. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, let's see. 
Um, okay, so Christopher Vieira brings up the point that RJ hunted Hero last year during his 46-point game at the Garden against Miami. Yeah, there are those instances where the team does hunt certain players um, in certain games, but it's not as consistent as we'd like to see it. Um, this was Randall, his quote tonight. I mean, anytime I take that much contact and I shoot one free throw for the game, that pretty much tells the story. I agree. Like, I I don't really know what else to say other than that. Like, I, he didn't have a good game. I didn't like his shot selection. But I also think, like, shot selection can be, you know, it's influenced by officiating at times, too. So that doesn't help his cause. Um, but, like, it wasn't just him. Like, I just thought the entire game, it's very obvious the Knicks were not getting – I was I was okay with the whistle to do the first three quarters because I was like, okay, the Heat are getting a better whistle, but it's like they're the home team, whatever. You kind of expect that going down there, but like that fourth quarter, it's just I don't I just the end of the third into the fourth quarter, it's like I, I don't know that that was just fucking wild to me to watch. Yeah. Shout out Josh Hart. He quote tweeted Nick's Muse's um, tweet of the video where Jimmy Butler traveled, um, and he said in a two position in a two possession game under a minute. I don't get that. Like, yeah. Also, like, does anybody know this? Once they made the call, obviously they call a foul on the Knicks. If the Knicks challenge that, can they only challenge that it's not a foul? Well, they can challenge the entire play under review. It brings the entire play under review because I've seen it happen before, where like they'll call a, 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 a foul, and someone will like they'll. They'll challenge it, and then they'll see like, oh, it was a foul. It was. It wasn't a foul on this person. It was a foul on that person, or like they'll see something else on the play that they'll call. It gives them. A, it just gives them a general chance to review the play altogether and change whatever needs to be changed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then Butler shoots twelve free throws again, like. Julius Randle shooting one free throw and taking a bunch of contact is fine in theory. Call it the other way, though. I promise you Jimmy Butler did not take more contact than Julius Randle did. They ended up shooting more free throws than us, by the way, because their fourth quarter was just that disgusting. Like, Yeah, I, I, I do remember looking after one bad call and being like, God, this is like, because I'm, I'm fucking like just annoyingly robotic and like rational. Like, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't have friends and shit, you know, like because of it. Um and so I ra- I very rarely am like bl- looking to blame the refs. That's just not how I operate. You know, I think it kind of all evens out in the end. And the Knicks are like top five in free throws. So like, how can we be mad? I I know it. I know that's not you know perfect analysis. But I mean, if we're top five in free throws, we must be getting some calls. Um, and so I was thinking like in the, at, at that moment in the game, I was just like, this is one of the worst ref games I've ever seen in my entire life. It seemed like every 50 50 call was going against us. And like the refs were dying to call all these calls against us. And then I looked and I was like, Oh, we've shot more free throws. Like, all right. I... Okay. Also that fucking not that, that should have been a fucking five second call too. Yeah. What, what, what the hell was yeah. that slow count? And then, no, you, and then did, you, did you guys see the travel too? Yeah. That's what we were yeah. talking about it. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah the like slow count and the travel. That's like an insane back to back. Like the, the travel is actually, it's actually an obvious one too. It's a very obvious travel. He, like, you, he pivots, then he comes back, pivots back, and then he switches his pivot. Like, it cannot be more obvious than that. I, I just don't. NBA officials are fucking dog shit, man. And like seven offensive fouls called against us tonight. Yeah, I, I, I tweeted out. I was like, this is the offensive foul game. I've never seen a team get this many offensive fouls called against them. 
Like, it. I mean, the the Hartenstein one to me is fucking bullshit. Like, I'm sorry that you if you're gonna which call that, one? The, no, the the one the the moving because there one, were two. The the one on the three point shot, like because there was one, one where Cal Lowry just like tripped on his own little stubby feet, and I, you know. I think he like he technically nicked into him, and it's like. It's one of those where it's like I can understand calling that, but I don't like as part of everything. Not for Kyle Lowry. Even more, but like the the three point one is ridiculous. And if you're gonna call that, then Bam Adebayo should never last an entire game. And if you're gonna call that, how the fuck did Max Struess not get called for one when he like tackled Mitch? Like I don't, I don't. The inconsistency tonight was absolutely insane. And Butler actually did tackle Mitch. The ref was staring at it. The ref was staring at him as he tried to. Yeah, as he his grabbed leg. his leg. Like that, t- that told me everything I needed to know about tonight. Adam Silver made a call, and that was it. There <laughs> like, was also there was also a play earlier in the game where the ball clearly went off on Butler under the uh, under the under the hoop on the baseline. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I they were a call again, was, I was made like, tonight. I could understand. I can understand uh, the first like if the whistle was what it was for the first three first you know three or two and three quarters two and a half quarters. of the game. Yeah, like, I can understand that. I think that's, like, hometown team whistle, fine. That's whatever. You just deal with that. You move on. The last quarter, quarter and a half of that game was fucking awful. Like, it's just terrible. And, you know, we can sit here and bitch about Brunson's decision-making and quickly didn't make shots and uh, fucking Randall didn't close out with his hand up and Tibbs didn't do that thing. But, like, you can't, like, that's shit that's out of your control. And that tangibly impacts the game. Like, they literally took a three-pointer off the board and what should have been a free throw. Four points. That's four points. Like that, it's four points. I, I don't know how to. I I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. Four point swing, just like that. And what did we lose the game by? Like what seven or something? So like it was seven. seven, but it's like you know, it's probably like a five-point game actually, whatever. Yeah. All right. These guys will be back tomorrow. I won't be here tomorrow. They'll be back tomorrow for the post-game show versus the Magic. Hopefully, the Knicks are able to grab a win and, you know, play some defense, better defense, and hopefully we get some, you know, shooting luck on our side. Um, It seems like teams have been just scorching versus us lately. Um, But, yeah, tomorrow, Knicks versus Magic, back-to-back, you know, trying to secure this top six seed so that we don't have to play in the play-in. Hopefully, Knicks do what they need to do. Check out everything Strickland-related in the description. We got links to the site, merch. Schwinn and Jeff are rocking the merch, and I got the merch right here. Definitely cop it. It's comfortable. Jeff's also got the water bottle. Check out all that stuff in the description. We also got links to the Patreon and Twitter. Great ways to support us. Yeah. Before uh, before you officially sign us off, can we answer this question? I feel like this is a good question to uh, to end on. Uh, Jordan Bob asks, "Who is the captain for the Knicks?" This question was inspired and was thought of because of the captain. R.I.P. the captain, Hall of Fame human being, father and player. He will be missed. I'm curious what you guys' answer would be. Who do you guys think for is this like? Team? The, yeah, for the team. Who do you guys think would be like the captain of this team? Probably Brunson. Yeah, I'd say Brunson. Tom Dibidar, fearless. All right. It's, 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 All it's, right. I was actually, I, think... I, was, I, I honestly was thinking Randall. Um, I, I know that he has like a volatile on floor personality, but it really does seem like everybody kind of looks up to him in the locker. I don't know. Randall? I yeah. I mean, I'm sure they look like to see where he's at. They're like, how can he goes from him. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I know. I agree that Brunson is like the state. Like, I, I see Brunson as like a very stabilizing like presence and like that's his value and like, 
I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It, it just seems like everybody kind of has a big brother, little brother relationship with Randall in that way. And like, they'd be, they'd almost be afraid to not make him captain. Tyrese. Well, yeah, he's going to beat him up. Tyrese, yeah. you said Tibbs, right? Yeah, I forgot it was later. Did, so were you like, were you rooting for like the Confederacy in the Civil War? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Just because I'm, I'm in Texas doesn't mean I'm <laughs> I'm out here ripping the Confederate flag. Ever. Oh my gosh! You got to be like Mitch, dude. Get like fucking get an AR-15 and shit. Man, we, we were we were so close to being off. Sam was signing us off. I it tried was. to extend it, do like a sweet little send off, and all of a sudden we're talking about the Civil War and the Confederacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should just let us get the fuck out of here. All right, I think on that note. <laughs> We're out of here. Make sure y'all check out everything. Leave a like, subscribe. Um, we're on our way to 1K. Um, I think we're almost to 700 at this point, too, which is really dope. We've been growing really fast. Shout out to everyone that's been supporting us. So, you know, we're out of here. Everyone enjoy your Thursday. Peace out. Four more years, Tom. Four more years. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.